Hello, everyone, and welcome back to season two of the Why Climate Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Andrew Holloway. And since the last time we recorded, my title is now Director of Projects. So not to get everyone too excited about that. Uh, We are lucky enough today that we're going to be talking about cannabis in all its forms. And I have on today's podcast a colleague of mine, Anne. And to get things going, as we always do, this podcast is brought to you in partnership by MB Lung and today's guest, Anne. So I'm going to hand it over with always our first question. Who are you and what do you do, Anne? Hi, everybody. My name is Anne Levins. I am a health programs coordinator at MB Lung. And my focus is on cannabis and harm reduction. So I essentially work with Andrew and various medical professionals through different organizations, helping to create um, resources, helping healthcare practitioners know what to do with cannabis and how to approach this newly legalized thing that's taking over. Um, I guess personally, I am a Fredericton local. I uh, We won't hold it against you too much. I mean, I was like hesitant to say that to Andrew, but yeah, born and raised here, did a lot of traveling and exploring. And I came back to Fredericton after lots of different studies and things, just because I really wanted to make um, an impact on my home province and help bring what I learned and help the health and wellness of people living there. Awesome. So we'll do jump right into it as we only have about 20 minutes today. Why should we be talking about cannabis harm reduction, especially in the context of healthcare within the province of New Brunswick, which is always a contentious issue. Right, right. Well, let's just say that New Brunswick excels at a few things, one of those being rates of lung injury and illness. We have really high rates of asthma, of COPD. We have high rates of lung cancer. Some of that was linked to our high rate of smoking as well as we have really high incidences of radon gas, and that leads to, if untreated and unmitigated, radon gas poisoning. So our lungs are already really sensitive here in New Brunswick. They're already getting a lot of air pollution, and we also have high numbers of cannabis consumption. So that looks like one in every three people consuming cannabis and the most common way here and across the board in any other province or territory is smoking. So we already have damaged or vulnerable lungs, let's say, and now we've added cannabis to the mix. Cannabis is specifically a problem in New Brunswick because more than any other province, we've increased our usage way more. So it's something that's here, it's being used, and doctors and healthcare providers don't exactly know how to start dealing with this Mm, no that's all great and it's totally become a new and emerging merging thing within the province Mm. i think my mouse just oh there we go my mouse is dying on me so then that kind of leads elegantly into the next question we have which is what challenges are healthcare practitioners and patients facing around cannabis and the healthcare system well First and foremost is this lack of information. Um, cannabis is so new and uh, not new in like its use, but new in its legalization that there haven't been a lot of studies on it, a lot of research showing its long-term effects. So going through med school, a lot of our, our doctors and our people we run to when we, we need help, our first touches, they just don't have the information that we're, we're needing or, or looking for. Um, they also feel uncomfortable about it because like many people who grew up with it being an illicit drug, it's not, it's, it's not something that, you know, it's taboo. It's something that is stigmatized. 
I had a physician say to me, doctors, we do not really like delving into unknown territory um, where we don't feel comfortable or knowledgeable. So we kind of veer away from that. So it makes sense. If you don't have the knowledge, you don't really feel confident talking about something. Mm. Another issue we have is this lack of communication because of this lack of knowledge and and lack of comfort. And this is felt by both patient and doctor because patients are using, they think it's safe on the majority because it's legal. And they think it's better in a lot of cases than their prescription medications. So many people are substituting and not everyone is talking about it with their physician because they're afraid of being stigmatized or afraid of being judged. And so they're not bringing it up. And then the doctor's not bringing it up. And there's this, other thing impacting the patient's health that's just not being talked about and um, even other you know possibilities or alternatives that the doctors could be suggesting are just not even being uh, the option's not there to, to address possibilities that aren't being brought up yeah exactly it's one of those things where like we look at alcohol and we understand even if parts of society don't necessarily agree with it like alcohol has inherent risk to it because we have generations of knowledge now and we see when they say like these are how many drinks you should have a day that knowledge doesn't really exist out there for cannabis usage yet i always think of it as like the wild west when talking about it it's 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 been toted as a cure-all for everything ranging from arthritis to cancer to also being seen as uh something that you know has real health consequences and a lay person would have a really difficult time parsing that information absolutely not to mention a physician i mean there there are people or physicians that see the benefit they say okay if you're an elderly person who needs medication and the medication the side effects are worse for you than the medication itself cannabis cbd whatever can be really really useful however yeah. it's this younger generation too this 19 to 35 that are really using it and that's the reproductive age and can and cannabis really affects that age in more ways than we realize and it affects reproduction and things like that that we don't realize 100%. So that normalization of the conversation, just like you said, with alcohol or with or with smoking, like let's we have this issue that's here. It's prevalent. Um, we can't take it away. So how can we reduce the harm? Yeah, exactly. So that then kind of leads elegantly into what informational resources do you believe are lacking uh, for healthcare practitioners? And again, we're not saying that they're not doing their job. It's just it doesn't exist at this point in time. And how are you trying to help address these gaps? Okay, well, you're right. It doesn't exist at this time. So the conversation piece between clients and our patients and healthcare providers is where it has to start. Um, basic information, just to clear up some of the things we do know. So offering healthcare providers information about the risks that we have identified, um, creating options that they can, conversation prompts or ways that they can strategize with a patient about harm reduction pathways. Those little beginner steps of things we do know um, are good placeholders and can be developed further as more and more research comes in. Mm. And that's kind of what MB Long, not kind of, that is what MB Long did. We took the opportunity, uh, it was a very timely opportunity because very many medical professionals, as you said, they, they want to help. It's just they don't have the tools they need. So many have jumped on board to help us. And we've come up with resources to start those conversations, resources to give that basic information they still might not have, 
um, to give them references, places they can go to find more information, and just harm, harm reduction suggestions and pathways, things that are easy to tell a patient in a five-minute conversation when you're talking about all kinds of other things too. So yeah. it sounds yeah. very much like you're also helping to uh, address sort of almost the stigma. Yeah. Like, I don't think anyone would bat an eyelash if their doctor is like, how many beers are you having a week? But having that conversation around cannabis due to how socially it's still constructed as a, a thing that is somehow different than alcohol, but carries risks and, you know, they exist in two different worlds where one is very socially acceptable and the other is still not. Um that you need to sort of prompt people to engage in those conversations because it's an important part of your health the same way Absolutely. your doctor knowing how many drinks you're having in a week is an important part of your health. Absolutely, yes. Breaking down that barrier to transparent communication is going to help both sides tremendously and it's going to lead to better health overall. Right, so you're talking about making some resources there. So what? who are the groups that are going to benefit from the resources that you in, in in your capacity under MB Lung have created? So the resources that we've created uh, were created in partnership with the New Brunswick Medical Society, as well as different, well, mainly the medical society, but also medical students. Um, we wanted to gear their creation toward primary healthcare practitioners, the first touch that many people will go to, um, to be referred out to their specialists. So they're kind of the trusted family doctor, the general practitioner, um, the nurse practitioner too, as they are gaining a lot of, of respect, not respect, but they're just really filling a need that we have in this province, especially for primary healthcare practitioners. So we're, we're offering and welcoming them into the fold and they're, they're offering beautiful insight as well through all their work with clients. And they, they're, you know, doctors and nurse practitioners only get to see a client for a few minutes at a time. So we wanted to create resources that were really brief, um, could initiate really quick, um, just opening up the conversation, I guess, is for lack of a better way to say it. Yeah, 100%. You're, you're trying to increase the number of touch points people are going to be able to have with this information, whether it's, right. it's your GP, your ear, nose and throat doctor or your nurse practitioner who you go when you have, you know, the sniffles. You want to make sure that where people are getting their health advice through the health system uh, that they have that at least those people are aware of it and can at least interact with it in a way that makes sense in their practice. Absolutely. And and in further than just interact can be behind it, knowing, again, we've changed the conversation that they want to talk about it or that they're willing to and that they um, they can support people in this way. So then if this is still slightly stigmatized compared to let's just use alcohol as the, the sort of cornerstone example because they are both, you know, substances. Um, what's been your approach then to educating health practitioners about cannabis and more specifically the cannabis harm reduction work? Thus far, because of our great partnerships, we've been able to get in front of large groups of healthcare practitioners and share the resources through either in person or our virtual networks. So it's been a lot of either multi like development together, collaboration to develop the resources, then sharing them out. Um, so 
just just dispersing through the community has been our main one, our main focus. But we've also now that we've created this and we have more people aware, more champions of health in in other roles, maybe not primary healthcare practitioners, but other roles like nurses and and your occupational therapists and your respiratory therapists, people who are dealing with people with lung illnesses or or mm. just people in the community. Um, we're going to be reaching them through more conferences and symposium and offering that as part of our lung health symposium that we have huge amounts of healthcare practitioners attend every year. So we just want to keep disseminating the information to larger and larger crowds. Um, and now that we've got the stamp of approval and as much proof as possible behind what we've cre created and produced, we have, um, yeah, we have the right support to do so. Amazing. Um, is there something you would like healthcare practitioners to know more specifically, like around that? So about the resources or anything along those lines? Yeah, the, the resources were developed in collaboration with their peers, um, were developed from their own feedback. We surveyed primary health primary healthcare practitioners in the province before creating them to make sure that we were offering on the resources what they were looking for. So they've had input into these. Um, so we just didn't dream up what we thought doctors exactly. needed, which is a, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. We couldn't create this in a vacuum when we acknowledge that. And with their support, we were able to create things that are intuitive, more intuitive to a physician than they would be to someone else, maybe. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean it's completely impenetrable, right? Like someone absolutely. could look at our resources and be like, oh, I can take something from that. But it was designed absolutely. with doctors for doctors is the big sort of takeaway message that you're trying to say, right? Yes, designed for doctors um, by doctors, but at a level where patients, clients, it's very easily understood. Yeah, even, we didn't even make this a complex journal article. That's right. Basic, very approachable, very digestible material. So then that leads down to what is something you hope patients uh, uh, would like, what was something you would like patients to know about this? I'd like patients to really know that their healthcare is in their hands, that knowledge is power. And just because something is exciting and new, it, if you put something in your body, it affects your body. So yeah. we want them to take feel empowered and to start asking questions, to do their, their due diligence and research, not just infer from things they find online or have, you know, friends tell them. Uh, we want patients to feel supported too, that the doctor is on their side. They care about their health. Nine out of 10, 10, nine out of 10 doctors I spoke to about the stigmatization really do want to help. They really want to talk about it. And when they're asking about use, they're not judging. They're just curious about where it's like a health, your health in a snapshot at this moment. And then now what do we do with that information? Yeah, I, when I was, I, we can peel back the orange. I was the one who wrote the grant for this many moons ago. And when I was writing it, I was thinking in my head, like when I was 20, 21, being an even slightly bigger idiot than I am now, um, I would, when my doctor first was like, how many drinks are you having a week? And I stood there probably being like, I don't know, 50, because I was an idiot 21 year old. And while that seems like nothing and it, it, all too much drinking, there was no stigma around that. And I hope to get to the point that, it, again, as you mentioned, Anne, that this is not about a judgment of what you choose to do. It's letting those who are helping with your health know what you choose to do, right? So absolutely. Yeah. 
So then what advice would you give to healthcare practitioners when it comes to communicating with patients about cannabis and its usage? Sure, just the same advice um, I'd give anyone communicating with anyone, empathy, understanding, um, and just no stigma, no judgment. Normalizing this is the best thing we can do for anyone's health. It's the best thing that we can do for the province. Normalizing the conversation, leading to more transparency, it's gonna lead to better health better health outcomes. Yeah, and that's um, that's exactly it. Like again, we we can sit down and, you know, people disagree with on drinking and everything else. The reality is it's legal now, so we have to deal with it in the context of legality and how we can help protect human's health, not individuals uh moral judgments against the topic, right? So most definitely. Most definitely that 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 feeling of team teamwork and teammate um when it comes to their health between patient and doctor too is really important. Like if you want people to trust you with their health, they have to feel that they're that you are on their side. Yeah. And that you're so, also being honest with them too, right? Exactly. So it's that sort of like, you know, a pinch of prevention is worth a pound of cure. So that's it. There's, I'm busting out all my dad's favorite acronyms and, or little sentence things now. I so love like, them. I, I hear all, them almost every day at work. They're great. I know you're so lucky. Uh, to, as we end all of these podcasts with the final surprise question, if you could live one place in the world, where would it be and why? Spain. Uh, I would live there because there's these. Not people. even hesitation. You're the first guest to get that out within like five seconds. Well, I also <laughs> had a call from one of my good friends last night asking me if we were going to go next year because there's these beautiful pilgrimage, these walks. Yeah. Um, and I they take months and you just walk along the countryside and it's a very like beautiful self-reflection time and just beautiful nature. Also, so it's a brutal hike. Uh, my one of my mentors one well it's just it's hard it's a good hike one of my mentors wife did it as he was approaching retirement and she was gone for like two months <laughs> so excited yes yeah, so that's yeah. that's uh, why spain is very much forefront with me yeah i love that okay well that's that's the podcast uh thank you Anne, for your time and your insight into uh cannabis and cannabis harm reduction as always if you have any questions my email will be in the show notes and you can reach out and i'll make sure to get those questions answered to Anne uh, right away thank you again Anne. thank you